Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon. My name is Peter Altschul. I am the program chair of Friends in Art, and welcome to the uh, Artificial Intelligence in Music and Pictures. Before we get started, I'm going to turn the uh, thank you, Travis, and welcome again. This session is uh, the, the primary star is Derek Lane from North Carolina. I'm just going to be here to ask him a few questions. And uh, so this will, will go smoothly. There'll be time for questions uh, at, at points during the course of the session. Uh, and uh, a, a couple of words about Derek. The most important thing from my perspective is that he is one of the folks putting together the Friends and Arts Annual Showcase of the Performing Arts, which is going to be streamed tomorrow night, that's Friday night, at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Do not miss it. It's going to be fabulous. Uh, so having said all that, I'm going to um, welcome Derek. Hey, Derek, how are you? I am well. Welcome to Artificial Intelligence, Derek who is covering for the real person. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Artificial Intelligence version of Derek. Uh, you sound fabulous. Uh, and thank I hope you. Yes, yeah, you are, you are wonderful. I hope that you will um, uh, disappear for a while. Uh, you need uh, a little bit of, uh, of voice practice to uh, enhance your vocal skills, but I, I, I'm sure over time in the future, you will be much better. So uh, the real Derek... Derek, tell me about yourself. Tell us about the work you do um, and how you got interested in artificial intelligence. I've primarily been into um, audio production most of my semi-adult life. I don't think I'll ever grow up fully, and I'm cool with that. So that's why I say my semi-adult life. Um, <clears throat> I was that annoying, curious kid that would ask all the sound guys at church how certain things happened and what how things worked and, and all this stuff because I didn't have the internet most of the time when I was actually growing up. And uh, so that made me determined to basically figure out <laughs> or reinvent anything I could. Um, I got into actually doing live, uh, live sound for my church later, took some audio classes in college, though most of it dealt with broadcasting and actual music, but not necessarily music production or... Um, you know, audio production in the greater scheme of things. And so most of what I have learned and most of what I teach others has been self-taught until YouTube. <laughs> and then um, I was able to shore up my knowledge, debunk some myths and things like that by finding some pretty good channels on YouTube, uh, among other sites. What got me into artificial intelligence was the fact that I realized that we had been using it a lot in various ways, just as uh, blind people, uh, and I wanted to know more about what artificial intelligence could do, where it could be used in music, in various forms of art, and things like that. And around the peak of my curiosity... That is when several very interesting projects were um, being released, and we'll talk about some of those later. Um, one of the first things I saw in terms of speech synthesis was a thing called Model Talker, and that basically was a thing that you would record phrases into, and it would derive any speech you wanted from those phrases because it knew what you wanted to, it knew what you said. And so from that, it could derive what you wanted it to say. And it actually sounded pretty horrible, but it was a fun toy. <laughs> so before we go any further, uh, we probably need to define artificial intelligence. So Derek, what is artificial intelligence? Artificial intelligence is a means by which a computer can learn something. So whereas a normal program will carry out a set of instructions as dictated by the developer. Something that is based on artificial intelligence is, well, 
intelligence. It can look at certain data and then make guesses based on that data as to what certain things should do or be like and then make those changes. Okay. Um, so you are, you've, you've started doing your artificial intelligence stuff and talk about one of the earliest examples of, of artificial intelligence, I think, uh, is the idea of auto-tuning. So talk about auto-tuning and how that fits into the artificial intelligence uh, category. Well, actually, to be honest, the first example of, auto of uh, artificial intelligence I saw demonstrated was the Kurzweil Reading Edge. That old um, device was a scanner that would recognize text and then speak it with a deck talk voice. That was kind of a big deal when that thing was released. I actually heard about it on a mis on an episode of Mr. Rogers, believe it or not. No. Um, because one of the jazz musicians that Fred Rogers knew was blind. It was He wasn't an act. Eric, I cannot remember the guy's last name. But anyway, he was actually blind, and he did have a reading edge and was using that to read a letter from a colleague. And he showed the kids how that worked. And I just thought that was the coolest freaking thing in the world. And I didn't have access to such technology until years later when I found out that basically this thing would figure out how to take the picture and split it up into little tiny pieces and then compare each piece to a database of fonts that it knew. And then from that derive, you know, a letter. And then if it only got certain letters, then it could guess what the word probably was. And that was OCR, optical character recognition. And the first time I had experienced any sort of artificial intelligence. And, and so that was sort of a, a general interest, if you will, example of artificial intelligence that has, of course, have got, has gotten better over time. But yeah, that, that's, that's a wonderful example. But since this is dealing with music, let's focus on um, uh, the, the early uh, example of artificial intelligence, which I, I think Autotune is an example of that. So I'll talk about how Autotune works. And perhaps I think you have an example to demonstrate how that how this how, how they how they sound different. So go ahead and do all that. All right. Autotune, which is basically a process of pitch correction made by Antares, um, is a process that can be in a software plugin for your audio software or it can be, you know, a piece of hardware that uh, will listen to your voice and figure out what pitch you're singing and how far your voice needs to change in pitch before it matches a note and then brings your voice to that pitch. It's also smart enough to guess if, for example, you're between notes. Do you move down a half step or up a half step? Like, what are you actually trying to go for? And so, depending on the sophistication of the autotune and pitch correction uh, setup, depends on the um, ability to predict this and to actually get it right. More often than not, it actually does get it right these days because you do have a finite number of controls over various aspects of that. But one of the first examples that was used widely was um, a song from Cher, Life After Love. I've put together a clip of it where parts of it are auto-tuned and parts of it are just Not. her voice. Yeah. So, and, so uh, before you play it, mm -hmm. which, uh, which is which? Uh, it's going to be pretty obvious. The natural okay. voice is going to be blatantly obvious from the notes that just kind of click into place. So you'll be able to easily distinguish the difference. All right. Let's let's play it. All right, here you go. Do you believe in life after love? So far, it's her natural voice. I can feel something inside me say, I really don't think you're strong enough. Here's some pitch correction. Do you believe in 
Hear the difference there? Uh, I do. And so on. Yeah. So this is this is artificial intelligence, but you know, in listening to a lot, quite a bit of hip hop music, they use this as an effect as well, right? Oh it, yeah. Now yeah, it's yeah. Now it's signature to artists like T Pain. Like right. everything, regardless if it's <laughs> necessary or not, because the man can actually sing well. If you find acapellas from T Pain, like where he's actually performing, the, the dude can actually sing. But it doesn't matter. You wouldn't think he could based on the excessive amount of pitch correction um, that's present. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's okay. also. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh, no, no. Go for it. No, no. I know where you're going. Okay. Well, so uh, this is interesting. Uh, and so I guess the question sort of becomes is who cares? Why do we use artificial intelligence? What's, what's so cool about it? What's cool about it is that it can kind of pick up where we leave off. So, for example, you could use it to take a piece of music, a vocal, etc., and uh, create harmonies with that vocal. So it can listen to, for example, the vocal. And in some cases, unfortunately, I don't have the example queued right up because I just found out about this recently. Um, there's hardware from TC Electronics that will... Um, listen to your music that you're giving it through an input, like your you know phone or whatever, and then you hook a mic to it, and it listens to the chords in the accompaniment, and it will harmonize up to four additional parts for you, based on what it hears. So it can put some vocals above you, some below you, things like that, and so you can make a whole group of people from you in real time. And that also it does it no style. So if, if you yes. tell us to sing in country style versus yeah, uh, you jazz know, uh, barbershop, jazz barbershop, yeah, you know, or or Puccini or something. I don't know if it could go that that far, but um, not yet, not Give yet. Some time, Give it some time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So so it it you you it, you can cue it to style. You can cue it to the type of harmonies you want, and it will do it all for you. Is that right? Yes, because okay. it's taking, it's listening to the music that you're, and I'll also follow a guitar and MIDI too. MIDI being a means of interfacing a keyboard with other instruments. In this case, the voice live. Cool. So uh, we're we're going to talk about some of some examples that you have for us. Uh, and I think the first one, according to my notes here, says vocal synthesis example. So do you want to talk about vocal synthesis example? Yes, there are. People with an amazing amount of time on their hands who will take recordings of speeches and, you know, from, from presenters, and they will give these AIs the recordings broken up into little pieces, and they'll give the AI the script, what these uh, people actually said and each little tiny recording that's maybe a sentence is blocked off and the script so that it knows this recording is this person saying a sentence. And you give this AI enough of these examples and it will come up with a means of creating a voice that can speak anything you want it to. Okay, and uh, I think you have an example of how that how that works. Yes. Um, so why don't you set it up? Fortunately, I am pulling from the Vocal Synthesis channel on YouTube itself because of the simple fact that I haven't gotten to the point where I'm able to make these um, examples. All right. So, so, so tell us what, what we're going to hear when you're ready to tell us. What we're going to hear isn't exactly what I had prepared because although I had edited this, I had edited it on the laptop, which apparently didn't sync with... Oh, here it is, actually. This is a clip of a video, not the whole thing, where Barack Obama and Donald Trump talk about 
YouTube and how it is limiting artists by pulling down videos that will be flagged. I cut a big chunk of this out because it's very rambly and it proves its point like long before the end of the video. So there's like a minute and some change of this. So but, just, uh, just to be clear before you start, they didn't actually say these things, right? No, and it's blatantly obvious they didn't say this stuff. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure it's all clear. Because we hear about we we hear from other presidents who were around um, before YouTube was a thing. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, so, so we're gonna check this out. Let's do it. And uh, here we my go. fellow Americans, this is former President Barack Obama, and this is your President Donald Trump. I know this is highly unusual. But the creator of the Vocal Synthesis YouTube channel has asked us to put aside our political differences for a moment so that we can relate to you a very important message. Over the past few months, the creator of the channel has trained dozens of speech synthesis models based on the speech patterns of various celebrities or other prominent figures and has used these models to generate more than 100 videos for this channel. These videos typically feature a synthetic celebrity voice narrating some short text or a speech. Often the particular text was selected in order to provide a funny or entertaining contrast with the celebrity's real-life persona. For example, some of my favorites are George W. Bush performing a spoken word version of In the Club by 50 Cent, or Franklin <laughs> Roosevelt's powerful rendition of the Navy SEAL's copy-pasta. The channel was created by an individual hobbyist with a huge amount of free time on his hands, as well as an interest in machine learning and artificial intelligence technologies. This is Ronald Reagan speaking. The United States should be a country where people have the freedom to innovate and experiment with new technologies rather than being immediately shut down by the established powers. Hello, you too. I'm former President John F. Kennedy. I believe that YouTube's policies are now rigged in favor of large corporations with powerful legal teams and that smaller creators are gradually being forced to leave the platform. Since YouTube is essentially a monopoly, this is a very dangerous development. And so on. So uh, my basic reaction after hearing this for the first time is all these people sound a bit drunk. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah slur slurring their speech. Um, and uh, so right now, I would imagine it's fairly clear that this, that, that this, isn't, this isn't the actual people. But I would imagine, given another year or two or three or ten, it's going to be much harder to, to distinguish the real from the fake. And it, that might cause some serious trouble down the road. Oh, yeah. There, there are people that are already predicting the implications. Yeah. Because visually, um, people can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Separate. Um, in fact, we're ahead of the curve visually, so I'm told. Um, because separating objects from a picture is much easier than separating chunks of, of speech. Interesting. If you noticed, especially in the Barack Obama clip, he pauses between some words. Like mm -hmm. it's not a synthetic, it's not the kind of predictable pausing we would hear with, say, Jaws and Eloquence or even the semi-human sounding voices or in our Siri voices. You can pretty well predict when they're going to pause or when Alex, for example, is going to breathe if you're using that voice on your phone or Mac or whatever. But this stuff is purely random. Um, if you feed the same text to it twice, it's going to sound a little different. For example, it's cool. there's a lot of random factors in it. But, but it 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 seemed to get sort of the from my perspective, from my weird ears, it seemed to get the, the sort of the pauses and the you know, sort of the the ticks of the voices pretty well. You yeah. Know, oh um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that you know that Jaws, of course, is trained to do things you know certain ways, right? To pause after a comma or a sentence or something. Um, sure, but you know this. This is a little different. These are, are humanoids speaking as compared yes. to. Yes, and we see this techoids. across the platform too. For example, with uh, I'm not going to show you this whole thing, but Queen right. Elizabeth reading. Um, what did I have her reading here? Lucy in the Sky, because you know the Beatles. Oh, well, of course, a lot of us like the Beatles, and well, Queen Elizabeth. So, picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you. You answer quite slowly. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. Cellophane flowers of yellow and green towering over your head. Look for the girl with the sun in her eyes and she's gone. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Lucy in the sky 
with diamonds. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Oh, no, I don't. Now, obviously, she's not as well developed because she doesn't have enough to work with to produce different inflections of Lucy in the sky with diamonds, but some of the more uh, developed and refined models do. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it, it and this is, the progress is moving pretty quickly. It's probably going to be, if we were to make this presentation three years from now, probably very, very different. And I would imagine that if, you know, somebody really had better, co you know, copies of, of the voices or more data, you could even now probably do a better job. But I mean, this is probably some kid in their basement with, with <laughs> Python and, you know, an amazing amount of time on their hands as Mr. Trump had Yes, yes, he he, he, <laughs> he mentioned the time issue, didn't he? Yes, yes, yes he, he did. <laughs> most emphatically. <laughs> yeah, 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 he did. So let's move on to another example uh, and talk about the Demux project. So I'm going to talk about two things here. This AI stuff has affected music in some very interesting ways. Um, before we got down into lockdown, there was a project released called Spleter, spelled S P L E E T E R. And Splitter was a very, compared to the next thing I want to show you, primitive means of extracting um, instruments from a song. We're used to taking, say, the old school method of vocal elimination and, say, cutting the center channel out and hoping all the vocals are pan center and then sing loudly and off-key enough and you're not going to hear the traces of reverb and whatever nonsense is left. But these... AI models like Spleter, like Demux, etc., which we'll talk about in a bit, have studied songs and then been given the multi-tracks of the songs so that it can say, okay, here is a vocal, and here is how the vocal is used in the final mix. Here is a bass. Here, is, here are drums, etc., etc. And you can take... Uh, those instruments and do whatever you like to with for them for example you could leave vocals in but take out the instrument that you are practicing and so during lockdown for example I was able to actually get back to playing piano a little bit and jam with people through the last century some of whom aren't there aren't alive anymore but I was able to take out the piano parts for example and isolate them and learn them and then play with them without so just, having to find multi-tracks. Yeah. So just to make this a little clearer for those of us who are a little less knowledgeable, when, when you hear a song in the studio, it, it, it it's re recorded track by track. So you do one track and then you do another track over it or, you know, or several tracks together, but each track is separate. And so sure. once you hear the whole song, the whole thing is mixed down into one blob if you will that sounds great or sounds terrible depending on your on your opinion but what these what this allows you to do is to take is to separate the tracks out that were originally recorded separately to a uh, certain degree yeah. to a certain degree right it, and i expect it's going to get more possible so you can take out a track um and as, as as you're saying do with it as you as you will or you can take out more tracks or you can do any number of different things do i have that sort of right you do you have it exactly right cool um now, because this is AI and it's making inferences, you know, it gets some things right and it gets some things wrong. And um, so if it's not trained on a particular instrument, it doesn't know what to do with it. It's going to, you know, classify it on a, st in a stem then it'll, it'll call others. And when I say a stem, a stem is basically a file that is the same length of your song and that it has some parts of the song in it, like certain instruments, with the effects on it, like the the... You know, one of the studio tricks that we've had since, you know, the 50s is to add just a touch of reverb to a vocal to kind of give it a nice little space that it's sitting in. So it doesn't sound like it's in a dead room, you know, for example, uh, and, and things like that. So the reverb is still going to be there. It can't separate. Well, that these particular AIs can't separate vocals and reverb. There are others that can, but that's another discussion entirely. Um, so most of these models will do like five stems, like Splitter, for example, does bass, piano, drums, vocal, and other. And of course, the more you stop, the more you start chopping a song up, the more artifacts or weird effects 
as it were, are left behind. Um, is it fun and entertaining? Yeah, it can be. Is it something you would use to create a professional track with? Maybe. Um, but is it just cool? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really freaking cool. It's amazingly cool, actually. Even Splitter in, in its uh, rudimentary form. Um, I'm going to do something that I rarely do in public because, quite frankly, I'm a much better MIDI drummer than I am a piano player. Um, but I'm going to try to do something anyway. Let me switch mics uh, to the one near the keyboards. Excuse me, I'll be right there. See if I had a board off in here. If I had a board off in here, I wouldn't have to have this downtime to uh, switch. Well, there you go. But I don't, so it's all you know. It's all me over here. So here we go. Okay, we've got that, and we don't have my keyboard. Well, uh, that's details of. All right, let's walk over here and do this again. In the meantime, do you have any questions about uh, anything we've covered so far? Well, uh, I don't at the moment, but I'm going to, this gives me a chance to promote other friends and art uh, programs that are coming up. This is the first of a series of programs we have. I'm just going to run through the programs so folks can get a sense of what we're doing. Uh, this evening at 7.30, we are doing the prose and poetry reading, uh, which we've done over a year for a long time. And so if you want to come and read something or if you want to come and just listen, uh, join us. Um, we are uh, looking forward to that. Tomorrow uh, in the afternoon, same time, you know, at uh, one o'clock, we are doing our, the third year of You Gotta Have Harp. Uh, Nancy Pendergraf and Jason are going to be doing that. And uh, that's all in honor of Lynn Heddle, our former president, who was a huge harp, uh, both a wonderful harp player and a wonderful teacher and got many of us interested in learning to play the harp. So we'll be talking about that. And then, of course, uh, tomorrow night is the showcase, which, as I said before, you dare not miss because you're going to there's lots of cool stuff. Uh, and some of the techniques that uh, Derek's talking about, he incorporates in the showcase. So your assignment, if you choose to take it, is to figure out which techniques were used in which song. If you do that, you're better than I am. But um, that is that's coming up. And then there's the post showcase event where you can come and react and meet the performers and whatever else goes on at these events. Uh, Derek, how you doing? You, you ready? Let's find out. Yeah, that's okay. ready. So oh, let's, let's 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 keep let's I'll turn it back to you. Now, for these perfect pictures out there, and many of us are, I'm not one of them. So I don't judge anybody else who is or isn't. So I could seriously embarrass myself with what I'm about to do, but there's just showing stuff off, and then there's showing stuff off in the context in which it is useful. So I'm going to make an attempt to do this live, one take, except, well, if it weren't live, I'd do about 500 of them, and it would be great. But, oh well. So I'll try this, see if this works. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, you're a hard one, but I know that you got your reasons. These things that are pleasing you can hurt somehow yeah and so don't you draw the queen of diamonds boy so if you don't see what happened there the piano is gone everything else is there but the piano is gone and i was playing that that is so cool i mean what what a great way to practice stuff right because um, if we go back here desperado turn the metronome off why don't you come to your senses You've been out riding fences for so long now. There you go. There you go. 
And a little so you, weird sounding, but pretty cool. But what a way to practice. I mean, you know, <laughs> to really get a song under your under your uh, skin, if it will. I mean, it really is a wonderful thing that you can do. Um, so uh, that uh, that's that's Demux. That's that Splitter. That was that was the one that does. Ah. Um, Demux is the same kind of technology, except okay. it only generates four stems. It generates bass, piano, or excuse me, bass, drums, vocal, and other. So it doesn't break songs down as much as Splitter does. But the byproduct of that is, it's actually, uh, for example, with Splitter. Splitter is dividing the song up in that it doesn't create anything else. It doesn't synthesize anything. So, for example, if we listen to the drums in Desperado, um, when they come in... That sounds a little weird. Uh, yeah, just a little. Um, but Splitter, or excuse me, Demux will actually synthesize those drums and make them sound a lot better. Now, I just thought of doing a Splitter versus Demux thing, and I wish I would have thought of that idea earlier because I'd have prepared it. Splitter will take like a minute or two to chop a song up, uh, but Demux, unless you have a GPU, which is a graphics processing unit, will take probably 10 minutes. Mm. Um, AI for some reasons runs really nicely if you have a video card in your system as opposed to just having a regular processor I'm not sure why but the performance is staggeringly different if if you have a GPU and so that's going to be my next purchase yes <laughs> there you go so, so unfortunately I, I can't show you the, the drums in Desperado as rendered by uh, Demux, but I do have another song that I did chop up uh, with Demux that lets me pretend I can be somebody else. I can pretend to be Artemis Pyle, who's the drummer for Leonard Skinner, except I don't have my actual drums here, so I have to use uh, MIDI drums. Um, I can show you, though, with that song that I've shortened considerably for sake of brevity, that um, no drums. But if I want to listen to Artemis... Different song, but those drums actually have real actually, impact. They actually sound like drums, yeah. And now I can come up to the keyboard and then play along with it. What's your name, little girl? What's your name? Shouldn't you say, little girl, won't you do the So on, so I can play. I can practice drums. That is so cool. Real drums. Either way, yeah. <laughs> that is really uh, really cool. We could take that same passage, and we could study the bass line of the song. If we're bass players, just. Which tells me there's a busier baseline than I realized. Yeah, it is. It's 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 uh, yeah. So, but what this reminds me of is you hear. Uh, I've heard examples of uh, band, a uh, band like say the uh, 
Dead and Company, the, the, the version of the Grateful Dead, being all over the country and need to learn material. Well, they can't play together as much because they have other, they're doing their own thing. So they, they get, they send each other back and forth tracks and then they, they uh, you know, so they can rehearse separately and then they come together and make it work as a whole. Is that the kind of thing that, that Demux can do? Is that sort of how that works? Actually, that, yes. That's something else. My cousin, no, my, my cousin has a band and I've actually um, helped them by making stems that primarily emphasize the instruments they play. So for mm -hmm. example, um, he plays guitar. So what I could do in Reaper, which is where I'm basically doing all these manipulation of these stems from Demux, we could take, say, uh, the guitar, but put everything else a little behind it. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the other stem, actually, so it's got brass and stuff in it, too. Right. Or we can just listen to the other stem isolated. Or the vocals. I'll find a little queen in Put everything else behind it a little bit. What's your name? And so on. So you can study the harmonies. Yeah. That that is really interesting. I now yeah. to you probably have the next question of, well, can you take the harmonies out of the vocal stem? Can you break it down farther? You're probably going to ask that, I would imagine. I, 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 I could. And what, what, what would you say if I asked you the question? I would say it can be done, but sadly not by us. There's an, an editor dedicated to um, audio of vocals and instruments called Melodyne. And Melodyne is somewhat accessible. You can do your pitch correction, auto-tuning type stuff with it and variants of it. But what we can't do is use its technology that will let you break down chords and uh, isolate certain notes within chords. Otherwise, we could take, say, the vocal out of a Demux session and pop it into Melodyne and extrude the, the harmony part. Now, will it sound great? No, not particularly at this stage. Um, can you tell what the notes are at least? Yeah. And would that be enough? Probably. For the purposes of what, you, what we need to do with it. Yeah. yeah. So we need a little help with that. We need a little, uh, <clears throat> we'd have to get by with a little help from our friends. Or you guys from our friends and art friends, right? That's yeah, right. We, we need, a, we need to reach out to Teledyne and say, dude, Teledyne, yeah. we, Melodyne, sorry. We need you to help us with this. Uh, yeah. That's a project for us. Anyway, um, I want to move on to another, um, uh, 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 the harmonizer thing that, uh, that um, harmonizers, right? We haven't talked about that yet. So, um, uh, two things need to happen. Do you, do you have a Vienna Tang example? I do. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, so what? So, talk about what harmonizers are. But before you do that, I need Nancy, Derek, talk about harmonizers, what they are, and give an example. Well, harmonizers, uh, in their most basic form, are devices for vocal or guitar that will, um, bring your voice up or down intelligently depending on what note you sing into them not only do they bring your voice up or down but they do so in a way that um keeps the timbre of your voice the same if we speed up a tape or raise something in pitch it's going to start to sound like a chipmunk Mm -hmm. Or we slow it down, it kind of gets sort of big and fat. I used to call it a monster. You slow speed something up as a chipmunk, and you slow it down, it gets a monster. But anyway. Um, and uh, harmonizers are smart enough to separate, at least the, the vocal ones, separate the, the fundamental and the harmonic of your voice and figure out, oh, how can I shift this down and still make it sound relatively close to what the same, you know, the, the, the person sounds like. So they're doing two things. They're doing some incredibly complicated uh, pitch manipulation, and they are knowing where you are and where your voice needs to be in order to generate that pitch. It's it's um, like I was telling you about earlier with uh, the Voice Live products yep. from TC Helicon, um, being able to, to do that. So those are perfect examples of harmonizers. And you've got uh, people like Vienna Tang who use a couple of overdubs, but not a whole bunch, just two or so, with 
one of these harmonizer effects, and they um, can create very complicated and slightly granted strange sounding uh, choral examples. And right. I, of course, will show you this. Um, predictably, yes, I am queuing up the hymn of Axiom because um, that's just a fun song. That's exactly for those who know Vienna. Everybody's like, oh, yep, he's going to go for the hymn of Axiom. That's right, I am. <laughs> Which is actually a song about AIs and the you know Facebook and Amazon and Google and things like that gathering information. It is actually a song tributing them. You can tell it's a harmonizer because all of her vowels are starting and ending at the same time, and there's some incredibly low parts in there now. so on so just uh, just so we understand this is all one one person's voice right this one is person not a chorus. singing this is twice. one person singing twice only twice yep, so yep. she's not singing all the all you know all five parts or eight parts or how many no. uh, okay and 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 the rest of it's done by by harmonizers right basically hello yes and okay. you can really tell when you get later into the song because um, listen to the low harmonies. You can really hear uh, some of the bizarre artifacts from stretching a voice more than an octave. But in this case, since we're dealing with a song about artificial intelligence, it actually kind of works to the advantage of the song. So you can kind of tell. Yeah. Yeah. And so on. That is, that's, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. So now before we, we move on uh, to, uh, uh, AI in photography, you have an example of sort of combination of these three things. Uh, and I'd like you to talk about that a little bit, you know, combination of, of Demings and harmonizers and uh, 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 auto pitch. So talk about how they might all be work together to come up with something unusual. A friend of mine, Nancy, you say, I just want to introduce you. Nancy Pantograph is friends and arts uh, vice president. And she has, has been doing this for a while and we're thrilled you're here. And she's going to talk about uh, a, a trick that was played on her by a certain individual. So, Nancy, <laughs> you, go, go for it. Well, okay. So, some years back in the showcase, I sang Carly Simon's You're So Vain. Some time passed along, and then in a little bit, Janice called me and said, Hey, Gort's been working really hard on editing. And I, he wants you to hear what he's done for you. So I said, all righty, let's bring it on. Well, God, he played this thing, and the pitch was wobbly. And, y'all, I'm nobody's great pick for a vocalist, but I, the one thing I really, really do is stay on pitch mostly. <laughs> so 
I'm sitting there and I'm just stunned. I thought, Lord God. I mean, first of all, how come they even let me on the showcase? But I mean, what is going on? What is going on? So I got to thinking about it because I know, like I said, usually I mean, really, I do sing on pitch. Never mind the quality, but I sing on pitch. So I'm running through my mind, what can be wrong here? And it floated through my mind, you know what? And I said, you know, Gordon, it is April the 1st. And he turns, (laughs) so he turns to Denise and said, she caught us. Fantastic. That's great. So, and uh, I told him, I said, oh, my God, you could blackmail people with do, with this. <laughs> and, 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 and you can. You know, that's the amazing thing about this stuff. You can do a lot of things that are, can be destructive if you really want to be destructive. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, you're you thinking, oh, they're editing it. Oh, I'm going to sound fine. And here he goes in the total opposite direction. <laughs> <and> just ah! <laughs> So that's Nancy Pendergraft. She's going to be doing it. The harp session I mentioned tomorrow at one o'clock central time uh, with, with Jason. And so we look forward to, and she's also doing something on the showcase uh, on harp as I remember. So listen, yes. listen, listen for her. And thank, yes, thank, we'll not, we'll not, we'll, we'll not get Derek a hold of my voice. No, no, no. Or, 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 or your harp for that matter. Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And for those who may remember Janice Kent, she died a few years ago. Um, Janice Peterson, who was president of Friends in Art and one of the founding members, um, you know, uh, Friends in Art would not be around without her. And Gordon did all kinds of things to make Friends in Art move forward. And so we were. Oh, he sure did. Both. We appreciate both people in in, in their own ways. All right. So thank you, Nancy. And I'm going to go back to Derek. Uh, since and I'm going to go to my mute button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Nancy. Um, so Derek, talk about the combining of the software, you know, the auto tune and the, uh, and the other stuff we were talking about and how that, how that sometimes works. Well, so what I decided to do, for my friend's country show is to start doing a thing called auto-tune classic cuts. And this is where I would take a track that was very much sometimes recorded before we even had multiple tracks, where basically people would sit down and record something in one shot all together and put it on a record, and that's it. There was no recording this and no way to take things apart because it was never recorded separately. It just wasn't. And so I'd take an old track like, you know, Ray Price, for example, in this case, please release me, you know, and it's just this kind of thing. And um, let me just see if we can. Please release me, let me go. I don't love you anymore. Great jam for February 14th. All right. (laughs) Now. If I go to the third verse, to be fair, I actually used some of the AI stuff, but not all of it. I actually played these harmonies in and let the uh, software do the voice pitch manipulation to get the notes that I wanted played because I wanted harmonies to articulate slightly differently. You'll hear what I'm talking about. So we'll jump to the third verse where we have three of Ray. Oh, please release me, let me go. I don't love you anymore. To live together is a sin. Release me and let me love again. Was never available in multi-track ever, but yet we used Demux, took it apart, and then I added instances of him that never existed, like seventy some odd years later or whatever it was. 
and 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 so you did all this, and then you played the parts on a keyboard and and said, okay, uh, do the Ray Ray Ray, parse, Ray Price uh, imitation. Is that sort of the way that works? Um, and more or less, yeah, we'll more or less, that. more yeah. or less. Okay, all right. So you could do all kinds of things with with really old stuff that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. there's a. I don't know if they're still doing that, doing this, but there was a, a YouTube channel called Songify, and they would take news clips and they would stretch the pacing out of the news clip, and then, you know, manipulate that in pitch and get these reporters to sing, and and that was that was great, that was fun. So um, before we we turn the, the quarter into photography and your role as a totally blind uh, photographer. Uh, talk about Band in the Box and what, what I, I know we don't have examples of that, but talk about what Band in the Box will do for you and, and how artificial intelligence works with that. All right. And then let's take a few minutes for questions. Uh, that's absolutely. We, we're, 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 now we can. Calandra. First of all, I really like your presentation. It was really neat. Thank you. Uh, but how, how would I get in contact with you? Should I. Uh, Decide to want to learn more uh, information from you guys. Okay, my email address. My email address is info i n f o at lanesaudio.com. L a n e s a u d i o dot com. Info. Yes, that's mine, and I like it. Yeah. So, uh, e- uh, email community. Yes. Yeah. That works too. But we're not allowed to give those out here. Yeah. We, we can't do that. Um, oh. so, yeah. So, so just reach out to community at, what is it? Community at, um, acb.org. ACB.org. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Kalani. Yeah. Is next. Hey. Hi. Hi. Thank you. I can finally cover unmute. Anyway, my question is, any of you know what, uh, when the very, very first, uh, artificial intelligence came out. What year? Very, very first came out. There was talk of AI in the eighties. If you want to know way more about artificial intelligence, then I mean, it's like whoa. Um, there's a book from Ray Kurzweil. There are two of them: Age of Intelligent Machines and Age of Spiritual Machines. And they were written back in like the late eighties, early nineties. And it's basically his predictions of what AI can do. And how far it will progress. And he's pretty much been on it. He pretty much got it right back in the 90s. Are, are those books available in Bard or Bookshare? Or uh, I know they were on tape uh, from NLS, but I don't know if they okay. went on Bard yet or not. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Nora. You're welcome. <laughs> Mary Carla Hayes is next. I wanted to tell you this is the most fascinating um, program. I'm really enjoying this, but. I um, want to tell you, I was the one that was on the Mr. Rogers set training Eric Kloss to use the curve. Wow. <laughs> I was working, I was doing some subcontract work for, um, you know, for. You know that that um, Kurzweil um, people, and um, so they asked me to come on the set because he didn't know as much as you thought he did. You know, I had to teach him how to demonstrate that, and um, this is sort of scary how you can change things and make people. In fact, I when I was demonstrating Kurzweil's, I got to tell you about a little trick I played on somebody. I had an old verse. I had a verse of Braille too. I'm sure some of you remember those, and you could send text to the Kurzweil and make it um, say anything you wanted to. And so I said, I had a student come in that was looking at it and I was demonstrating. So just touch the keypad, do whatever you want. And I sent it a message and I made say, stop, don't touch me. The person oh. screamed. That's fantastic. <laughs> I have this diabolical sense of humor. That's so great. now you have a fan in me because I would love to uh, hear more about your interactions with uh, Mr. Rogers and Eric Kloss. That would be so cool to hear about. Well, um, is, you can, you know, get in touch with me again if you want to through the, uh, my name is Carla Hayes. So if you would like to, I, I'd love to get in touch with you too, but we're not allowed to exchange. Right. We'll go through community just like. We'll make sure this happens. But I've also played a terrible joke on my minister. I took several hours of his recorded sermons. And when he was leaving our church and we were roasting him, I did an interview with him and spliced together some things and made him say some really ridiculous things that a minister <laughs> wouldn't say. So 
I, you know, there were times I've had too much time on my hands too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> I think I think that's what makes artists great is there's too much time yes. on our hands sometimes. Yes. Thank but you, thank Carla. you, thank you for this presentation. Yeah, thank You're you, Carla. Welcome. Next, and hey, Peter and Derek. Honestly, um, when you talking about the AI thing and what and what Carla was talking about. Actually, I remember back in the 90s, I think it was, um, uh -huh. there was this program that um, it was decksongs.bat. There were some other files with it, but Decktalk would sing. Oh, yeah. So with so the Braille would speak. You could get the Braille speak to sing, too. Oh, I never did that. But, and I'm curious now, since you talk about messing with music, I wonder how they make the echo sing. I think... Um... I'm guessing that the lady who actually did that voice still records the, but who knows? I don't know. I mean, if, if the songify people, you know, could take someone speaking and stretch it into song, uh, maybe, you know, that's how that's done too. I don't know, but it, you know, yeah, I think she might've sung and then they might've used a program to multiply her voice to do harmonies and stuff. But yeah, that might, I thought that was, I thought that was cool too. It's pretty fun. Yep. Thank you, Ann. Thank you. Travis. All right, Jason is next. Jason. Hello, folks. Good to be listening. And uh, I have a quick question about the speech aspect of AI. Is that something that's accessible? Um, I find yeah, it fascinating. Yeah, it apparently can be driven through command line and Python. Like you give it a dictionary and a script and the recordings and some time. So not necessarily easy. No. But, uh, oh, no. <laughs> but you did say accessible. You did say accessible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right now it's a bunch of nonsense that I barely understand. Okay. It, it, uh, I mean, right. I understand it, but not enough to actually do it. Yeah, I kind of want something that, you know, I can deal with DMUX, a little, little bit of command line, but having to do a lot of what you described sounds like, I'll wait until it comes along a little further. Yeah. <laughs> So while, while, while I have Jason and Derek on together, I just, they're the ones who make the showcase happen. Uh, and I just want to thank you both and publicly for doing what you are either maybe still doing for all I know, but the show is, the show is uh, tomorrow at seven. And so you will hear us in, in grand style. So thank you both of you for doing what you do and thank you, Jason, for your question. Okay, okay, so let's move on to AI in photography. Yeah, so it yes. should be noted that I am totally blind. Um, yeah, so share your example of AI and photography. Absolutely. I've done a, actually a couple of things. I set up, um, well, I didn't have too much time on my hands last night, but I made time anyway <laughs> and set up some recording gear and demonstrated how we as totally blind people can take pictures and do so very well. I don't mean good for what it is. I mean, actually legitimately well taken pictures. Uh, to the point where for my local Lions Club in a community uh, festival, um, you know, there was a booth called Get Your Picture Taken by a Blind Guy. And we had set it up so that I could, with uh, an assistant, just to speed things up, take the picture, sync it to the computer, and then have them get the picture both texted and emailed through the Lions Club's facilities so that nobody would have to give their personal info out. And uh, that got some skepticism at first, but then it became very intriguing to, um, you know, those who took part in it. It was, it was a lot of fun. So, so t talk us through how I, I, I'm a, I'm a uh, person and I want my picture taken and I go up, approach your booth. What happens? Give, give us a sort of a, what would happen is that, um, people would talk to me and I'd find them. I would hear my phone say one face centered I press the volume up button to take the picture. I would go into the photos app and bring up the picture. I'd double tap edit and I would go toward the bottom of the screen where I found auto enhance, double tap that just to have more AI kind of enhance and, and bring out what it thinks is the most prominent feature of the picture, which would usually be the person's face and then sync it to the computer. And my friend Tamara would just um, fly it over to the people through the Lions Clubs, Gmail and Google Voice. So and I had this, the phone connected to a Bluetooth speaker so that people could hear what it was saying. So I didn't try to hide what was going on. Sure. It was what was what was in full disclosure. Now I do have 
a demonstration of this in a couple of instances, not with faces, but with objects. Ah, so let's 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 hear the demonstration. All right, this is about ten minutes in length, and I think it'll answer most questions. And of course, that'll give us just actually uh, for other ones. We, we, All right, so then I have two examples that I recorded. I took some photos around the kitchen. Uh, you know, my kitchen, and I took uh, photos outside, and I divided this up into two segments. Who wants to hear what? Like, if we have to pick one. Well, I'm going outside and looking around, taking pictures, or... Let, let's go outside. It's a nice day outside. Let's go outside. All right. We'll do that. Here we go. It's a good job I left this in chunks. Welcome to the great outdoors, kids, where there are a lot more things we can look at. Depending on which way I face the camera depends on what you might see. I doubt you could see the barn, the field, and therefore, by extension, the cows. The dogs, I know, are definitely asleep. And I'm not going to wander around to see if I could find one of those. So I can tell you from experience that the uh, AI in the uh, camera and the Photos app is definitely aware of animals. I don't know how many exotic animals it knows, but it knows a fair few of them. There are two small chairs and a table on this deck, and there's a porch swing. So there's a fair bit to describe in this space if it wants to. Good. Camera, zoom, camera, camera control, low light, two flash, automatic viewfinder, focus unlocked, image, double tap to focus. A photo containing a bench, a stairs, and a wood item. Freeze. S L O M O video photo portrait. Yep, handle. That's photo probably stairs, true. A wood item. Outdoor activities and defense. Choose. S L O M O video photo portrait. Handle. A photo containing a night sky. A stairs. A wood item. A bench and defense. Freeze. Yeah, I'm turning to the side of the stairs. A photo of outdoor activities. E freeze. S L O M O video photo portrait. Handle. A photo containing a night sky and a keypad. Copyright 35. S L O M O video photo portrait. Handle. A screenshot of a video game. Zero people. A photo containing a keypad. Outdoor activities and a giant. E freeze. It's describing the entire screen. I'm holding this. Not just the picture. But the camera's picking up. That's what's going on there. That's why there's the extra verbiage. Now, it just said a cell phone screen with a yellow field. Okay, so it's... Wow. It's seeing it's... Uh, the lamp post is a microphone stand. Oh. People. Yeah, but there are lawn ornaments that it was gazebo, identifying. But if it's seeing the tarport, that's... Okay, is it seeing the back of the mic where the Lewitt, or the, it could either be seeing the front of the mic where the Lewitt logo is, or the back that has some sort of print. Ah, a camera on a tripod in front of a wooden wall. So, so the rest of the recording basically is the process of me lining up the shot of the microphone on the stand, and it says camera on a, on a tripod or whatever, and then I press the volume up key to take the picture, and then I did the auto enhance and it got the microphone on the stand sitting on the deck and you see a little bit of the surrounding area. So I, I of course, I always wanted to be an amateur photographer as a blind guy all my life. So if I wanted to do this, I would, um, I would, I go out to your deck and I'd, pick something I want to take a picture of, right? Say you're one of your chairs or something. Mm -hmm. And so, so the, the phone would, I could get the phone to zero in on that chair, right? right. Somehow. This and then double tap to focus. So when it describes okay. what it's seeing, you double tap the, in the, in the viewer. Okay. And then you, it has, it locks onto it. And then you press the volume up key to take the picture. picture. And, um, Apparently, Android has this kind of technology built into it, like on the Samsung phones. I haven't played with that, but a friend of mine told me that that's so, and I trust him. So if you're not running iOS, you still might have a chance to play with this kind of stuff. One sort of final question for you, uh, Derek. I'm going to ask you to put your Nostradamus hat there on. There is one hand. Ah, Hello. Rachel. Yeah, hi. 
Hi, Travis. You're on. Um, I should be unmuted. Um, I arrived a little bit late, so I'm sorry. Um, is this in the iPhone? Because I have an iPhone 6 Plus, and that has a camera. So how in the world do you get this to focus? And I don't have an Ira app. It says tilt left, tilt right, tilt up, t- tilt down. Yes, the iPhone 6s aren't as huh? sensitive to interpretation as some of the newer ones. But there is a book on the National Braille Press website that talks all about how to take pictures with your iPhone. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but if you look up photos on National Braille Press, chances are you're going to find it. And that's where I learned most of what I was demonstrating from that book. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just simply telling you that's where I learned it because I don't have the time to describe the entire process. I did in the first part of the recording that we didn't hear, but we are time crunched. Yeah, we are time crunched. So I uh, hope, yeah. So, um, you know, if you're interested in this, uh, you know, get a hold of National Braille Press. Um, they have lots of great stuff, as we all know anyway. They're, they're terrific. Um, thank you very much. Thank you're you so much, welcome. Rachel. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. Uh, ask you this final question, uh, Derek. Take two minutes and talk about what you think AI might be in the future. I know it's a hard question to answer. What do you sort of think might happen over the next two or three years? Um, more refined versions of what we already got. I'm looking to the day when you can, well, actually that already exists where people can take a photo of themselves and then audition them with themselves at different hairstyles or different attire or whatever. Um, so I'm expecting, uh, more of, you know, more cleverness in the areas that we're seeing demonstrated here. And what about the music stuff? Uh, what do you what do you foresee happening? Uh, you know, music. You talked about some of the stuff already, but what do you expect to happen in music over the next better quality years? stems? I right. would like to see models that you can tell at what instruments that are there, so that it can derive more accurate stems. So if you're doing a jazz piece, it could know. Oh, I need to look for trombone versus clarinet versus saxophone. If you're doing a rock piece, look for acoustic guitar versus electric guitar. I'd like to see something that knows more instruments and you can tell it, you can kind of help it along. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as a as sort of a novice in this stuff, uh, talk about accessibility briefly. Uh, how accessible is this stuff? Most of this stuff is accessible because it's on command line. So you're typing to tell your computer what you want it to do. You're but, directly but, interfacing with Python or a similar type of environment. Now that makes it accessible, not necessarily easy, mm-hmm. but it's accessible. So, do you, uh, is it your hope or that, that things might get easier over time? Is that something that you think might happen, or what? What do you think? I think it'll get different. Different, <laughs> <laughs> which which is either good news or bad news, right? Depending right. on right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is really terrific stuff. I hope that people have gotten as, as much out of this as I have before I, well, then all I can say is thank you for, for, for joining us. Our website, which we haven't talked about at all, which is up and running and, and has lots of great information uh, about what, who we are and what we do is www.friendsinart.org. Predictable, right? Friendsinart.org or our jingle version friendsinart.org. And on that note, I wish you well. Have a great convention and join us when you can, especially for the showcase.